0: Welcome to Digest & Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years experience in the markets. Hello everyone. The podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at GBP, Unilever and Honeywell. First things first though, Henry, how's your week been?
1: The week has been a funny old week. We've had uh, the the election, we talked about about the likes of um, Square Inc, we talked about the likes of Adobe, DocuSign, they've all taken off. They all come back to areas that we were looking at trading and they all took off extremely well. A lot of these trades went on to three and four to one. Um, so there's really, really good trades there. If anyone took them on a CFD, uh, anyone that took them on a real uh, asset, then you made, what, 10 to 20% on, on, a, on a particular trade Then if you, if you took that. And then we had um, Pfizer come out and saying that, that their vaccine is 90% successful. So something we talked about a couple of weeks ago has now come out with even more positive news. And then the market tanked. <laughs> well specifically
0: the tech stocks which are important for working from home so you, the likes of zoom
1: absolutely all, all the aforementioned stocks all drop like a stone every one of them <laughs> and so it's quite funny but then you have the other side of you have aviation you have oil stocks you've stuff like that uh, and luxury cars they all massively jumped up you took from one and gave to the other. So it depends on what type of portfolio you had. If you have been in those and um, the likes of aviation stocks are you've been massively down, you're probably now about, about break-even or slightly up on those. If you're in the tech stocks, you've just given back a little bit of profit that you were up.
0: Okay, well, let's start with topic one then, which is GBP. A little fun fact for you that the pound sterling is the oldest surviving independent currency. Yeah, that, there that's you go.
1: All, that's almost as old as you, Dylan. Wee, Still <laughs> younger than you, but anyway.
0: Anyway, well, the GBP has kind of slipped under the radar, I guess, because of all the, uh, the pandemic stories which we've discussed over the last few weeks. But obviously, big couple of months coming up for it with Brexit now 1st of January.
1: Yeah, it has literally gone under the radar, it just sneaked in there, it's just been coming along nicely, and they've just been getting extension on extension on extension. Uh, it, it's, it's nearly as bad as the furlough scheme, it just keeps getting keeps getting added. Um, I'm not sure that's considered bad, the furlough scheme is being uh, <laughs> extended, I think that's a,
0: a good thing, but... Um... <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, but the the, the the context is is that we have we have a hard finish. We have a finish which should be the the thirty first of December or the first of January, whichever whichever way you want to look at it. And that is that is literally when legally Europe have kicked GVP out of it or GVP is left, whichever 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 side of the coin you're on, and it, it really doesn't matter. But the the thing about it is that we have we've talks coming up this week, and um, I think they're on the, between the the thirteenth and the sixteenth of November member we have talks um, between the European Union and the British government and from what we're hearing is that they, they are looking and they're trying to sort out trying to sort out uh, an agreement but if we look at since the referendum which happened in 2016 yes 2016 that's a long time ago when Such the referendum a long
0: time ago wow we yeah, have moved it... twice since
1: then. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, And we still haven't left the European Union. Now, the only big winners in this has been the, the solicitors and lawyers who've been trashing out the, the agreements with, with the European Union. But if we look at the GBP since that referendum date, GBP has weakened by 30%. Okay. Now, if we look at GDP, it, it's, it's the fourth most traded currency globally with an average daily turnover of 325 plus million. Now, if you take 30% of that number that's traded every day, that is a huge, huge drop to the economy.
0: I mean, 30% is, is massive. Um, you talk about these talks happening in mid November. So, talk me through if we do get a deal. Through those discussions is that positive or negative for gbp
1: well we talk about a 30 percent there it's when we put this in the context when we talk about a stock that's moved 30 percent look you are talking about apple which is is one of the biggest companies in the world which is which is a, a two trillion valuation okay now when we look into when we look into the likes of the the foreign exchange market there's five trillion traded a day Five trillion a day, that is absolutely huge. And if yeah, you know, that's proper money. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's it's unbelievable. It, the, the difference The difference in the scale is, is unfathomable at the minute, and and then to take thirty percent off the fourth largest traded uh, globally that that is huge. And and if we look at over the over that time, just to be taken off the global, the, the, the wiped off the global economy, it's estimated that we've two hundred billion wiped off the global economy since we left Europe. Now, is that going to have a, a negative effect, or has it going to have a positive? effect? effect it depends we've already had a massive negative effect on us we've we've had the, the the loss of the strength of the the currency that was that was one one of the the market leaders it's now after being pegged brought back a peg or two so but the good thing about this is that we've probably seen the negative side already on gbp which means then that euro has got stronger by 30 percent. so euro have been doing quite well for the last for the last four for the last four or five years while this has been going on so but a deal or an agreement is going to help both sides. Europe wants a deal with Britain. Britain wants want a deal with Europe. If someone gets sorted out, yes, it's going to be it's going to be um, beneficial for both. But remember, once the deal is signed, it doesn't stop there because there will be things in the deal that 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 doesn't work. So then as we move forward it'll get optimized it'll get amended so it's not all doom and gloom even if the deal that any any party gets is not is not great as we move forward it gets amended it gets updated and tweaked so it it works really smoothly for both sides so yes i do expect a deal but it depends on on, on which country or which or which market thinks they have got the better side of the deal but i do expect gbp to get stronger once we have once we take away that uncertainty at
0: We've obviously known about this for years now and so surely the the markets have already factored in what they expect to happen come 31st of December and so there shouldn't be too much price movement.
1: You say that. You say that. We. Um, what was it? A couple of months ago, or I say a couple of months ago. It Feels like a couple. of, It's like dog years now, <laughs> um, with with this lockdown. Um, but about a month ago, we had we had a deal there, and all of a sudden, GBP dropped like a stone, and we had a huge movement on it because the the deal looked like it wasn't going to happen. And then three or four days later, then the deal looked like they all went back to the table and sat down again, and uh, the the movement took off again, but the idea is, yes, we will have, we will have huge movement in this because remember there's, there's 5 trillion a day trade in this market. So if you have traders, and as traders, we look for these, these what was it, black swan events, okay? Now, whether it'll turn into a black swan event or not, we don't know. But what a black swan event is, uh, an event that moves the market hugely. And this could be, and this has the potential to be like that. As a trader, we will look closely at this. We'll analyze the data. We'll analyze the chart patterns. But it depends on what type of trader you are. If you're a fundamental trader, you're going to jump in on this. If you're a technical trader, you will probably stay away from this because it will not it will not stick to any technical analysis whatsoever once these news announcements are released. Technical analysis will happen afterwards. Once once we get the outcome, once we know what's happening, then the technical analysis kicks in afterwards.
0: Okay, well, moving on to topic two then, it's Unilever. So we've obviously seen the FTSE dropping week on week since mid-June. But one of the shining lights of the index was Unilever. It's one of those companies where they own a lot of brands where you've definitely heard of their sub-brands, but not the kind of the mother brand. Um, I saw a stat that there's a Unilever product in 98% of all households across the UK and over 2 billion people globally use one of their product a day wow yeah wow. so proper numbers here you know they they own the likes sort of persil ben and jerry's ice cream lipton tea and the list goes on so yeah a real kind of consumer goods player
1: yeah they they have something like over what is it 200, 200 brands on under their under their umbrella so yeah it's Um, And well, actually, I'm just reading the stats. It's actually over 400 brands. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the majority, uh, this is a major player in the consumer goods industry. Now, uh, anyone who who doesn't know what a consumer good is, it's we can break any index down into, into 11 different sectors. And one of the sectors is consumer goods. Now, consumer good is a product that's bought for consumption by a uh, uh, by by a person. Now, for an ex- the best example of this would be food products. Okay, now you mentioned the likes of parcel, which is not a food product, but it, it still falls into that category. Whereas ice cream, apples, oranges all that sort of stuff. They're all sort of consumer goods. And Unilever, like I said, have 400 brands uh, and they have a turnover of 52 billion in 2019. So they're a huge major player in this sector. Yes,
0: yeah, so you mentioned that most of their products are things that you kind of need day to day. And so obviously with second lockdown now popping up around the world, people are starting to panic By once again. Are Unilever going to be one of the, kind of the big success stories of this?
1: Well, it, it depends. When we started writing this podcast, then absolutely, yes, until um, till Pfizer came out and said it was going to save the world. <laughs> hmm. um, but the, the idea is, is that we're looking for companies that have grown. And, and to be fair, Unilever has grown for the last six months. It's been, it's been a great time to buy it. But not only for the last six months. If you look back over the last 10 years for that matter, they have consistently grown. This type of company meets every single criteria I have for a stock. If you look back, it has grown year on year and an average between 20 to 30% year on year. This is a business that is here to stay. It's healthy, it's good. And if it's three quarters numbers are looking very, very optimistic with the third quarter underlying sales growing by 4.4%, um, from 2019. Their turnover has gone up slightly by 2.4% as well. But this is still huge, huge numbers for them. And their annual growth this year was 12.9 billion. So, you know, what I mean, there's an, awful lot of, there's an awful lot of good numbers coming out of there. Even in the pandemic, when people were all locked down, they spent a lot of money on the likes of, of consumer goods. But even when we're last out of the pandemic, yes, their numbers may fall a little bit. But they will continue to grow. Why? Because they supply everyone or every shop or supermarket in, in, in the likes of the country with, with their brands and with their products.
0: So Unilever share prices crept up this year, actually, from about £41 up to the nearly uh, £47 mark um, in early November. But there's actually potentially more upside for them as well, because what they're going to be doing is moving from being considered an Anglo-Dutch company to a fully UK entity following regulatory approval on that. So why would they carry that out?
1: Well, it's like anything. Why would, why would any company change from one country to another literally it comes down to how can the shareholders receive more money what's the potential so is one where is the central hub is it more beneficial for us to have our central hub there and secondly then is uh tax avoidance tax uh, well i say tax avoidance it's not it's not uh, it's tax avoidance is probably the wrong way to say it is legalized tax tax, incentives yeah in the same way that the likes of
0: Google and others are over in Dublin because they're tax incentivized to be over there. Absolutely. They're not doing anything wrong per se. I know lots of people would potentially argue with that. But, you know, they they have been given incentives to be there by the government because they're going to provide lots of jobs and it's a good for kind of tech scene over there. They bring other companies with them.
1: And the only, the only question you have then is, is where are their moral compass? And that, that's it. Where, and everyone's moral compass is different. Um, and, that's, and that's literally what it comes down to. But as a, as a business sense, oh, it makes huge business sense to come over to somewhere where you're getting a tax incentive or a tax break.
0: Well, let's move on to the last topic then, which is Honeywell, which is an American publicly traded multinational conglomerate that primarily operates in four areas of business. <laughs> this is a long one. Aerospace, building technologies, performance materials and technologies, and safety and productivity solutions.
1: <laughs> that was a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, but it's like any, any company. They have they have four main revenue streams out there. And 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 we know if just, just say it's a normal human being, if you have one revenue stream coming in or, or a company, you, you you're dependent on that, aren't you? If you have two revenue streams coming in that you're you're someone who's steady. If you have four or three, you have huge potential, and so on, so on. So year to date the company's up fourteen percent so far and has a pretty, pretty good return on investment. If you look at it since the drop in March, it's up actually 100% so far this year.
0: Okay, as we said, it's not really one of those really well-known companies, but I guess that headline figure you just said of 100% um, increase this year is the reason why it's made the list this week.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. If you, if you look at it, it's, it's year to date, it's up 14%. Okay, so how many companies out there have, have, are not up yet? They are struggling. They are treading water. They're moving sideways. This is a company, even through the pandemic, is up 14%. Now, if we go back to the bottom of the pandemic, it's up 100%. So, yeah, there's, there's, loads, of, there's loads of room for this to continue going. And like I said, it has four main, four main industries. Now, one of them are aerospace, that it, its revenue stream, and that was massively hindered. But it, you, you have three other revenue streams coming in from it. So it is something that has a lot of, a lot of legs or a lot of revenue streams to, to continue growing, continue building.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that the group suspended its guidance um, in its Q1 results, but then it recently brought this back and forecasted earnings per share of between the $7 and $7.05 mark by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, well, well it did, but Honeywell is is a very comfortable cash position for the tune of of $15 meaning it has more than enough money to write out any of this. Um, If Aerospace doesn't move, if one or the other arms of it doesn't move, they have a lot of money set aside for, worst-case scenario, doomsday, and they should be able to write out anything that's moving forward.
0: Honeywell had a bit of a shaky cue, too, um, because of the Aerospace section obviously not performing very well. Q3 earnings reports looks a lot rosier when it was released.
1: Yeah, so if you look at the numbers the, the q2 report is it was down the q2 report was 7.48 billion which is is still much better than than the consensus expected now i talk about consensus quite a lot here in the likes of this and that's where that's where the market gets its movement from because if you can come in on consensus you're on pines if you come in above it the market jumps up if you come below the market drops down but if we look at the q1 report last year the, or this year, the Q1 report this year, they are down one billion on a quarter, which is which is a pretty big for a pretty big drop. But if we look at the Q2 in 2019, they were actually down two billion which was even a further drop. But like I said, the consensus for the Q2 was still on point, and that's why the, the stock continued to rise. But looking at 2019, it was a huge drop. Now, if we look at the Q3 report, which came out the other day, uh, the actually numbers are, are quite positive. So they actually uh, made 7.8 billion, which is 400 million more than in the Q2, which means then that the stock continued to rise. Also, this came in much more than the, the consensus expected. And if we look at the same Q3 report in 2019, it's only down 1 billion. Now, I say only 1 billion, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... A
0: billion is still a billion, but yeah, yeah I appreciate yeah, the, what you're saying.
1: The, the, they, from the two the q2 report they were down 2 billion the q3 report they're down a billion so if they can close that gap again in q4 to say break even or, or even just a, a billion then we can actually see huge growth on this continuing over the next 6 months to a year if they can if they can continue to do what they're doing
0: Yeah, and as already mentioned, um, since that Q3 report would have been released, um, we've obviously had the announcement from Pfizer that there's a potential vaccine on the horizon, which had a massive effect on the likes of Zoom and other kind of work from home stock, along with airlines and oil stocks in the other direction. So how has this new Pfizer announcement kind of affected Honeywell?
1: It, it has affected Honeywell a, a little bit. So we, we, we go back a little bit further than, than the Pfizer announcement. We had the likes of the election in the US and all and all the markets all dropped and waited because every investor in the world was waiting to find out who got in on the president the election. Now, it didn't really matter who got in in the election. The market was going to take a jump to the upside. Literally, it made no difference. But if we look at the likes of um, Honeywell's stocks, they just continued to grow nice and steadily throughout throughout that time. And then we go into the, the Pfizer announcement. Again, a lot of the, the stocks out there had massively dropped, whereas Honeywell has has continuously grown as well. Now, when we look into it a little bit, they have their aerospace arm, which means then that the Pfizer, uh, the Pfizer um, vaccine will, will massively help them as well. So this actually looks like a, a decent time to be getting in on the likes of Honeywell. Now, at the present moment, because of the, the Q3 report was, was better than expected, we are pretty high in a phase one. I think we're at an all-time record high now. I would like to see a pullback, but uh, it is something that with its dividend that it pays and with the growth potential here, this is something that has, has a little bit more to continue running.
0: Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, this is probably one of, the, one of the best times to be looking at trading because we have, we have two options. We have the likes of the work-from-home stocks that have dropped. The question, I suppose, has to be asked, are they, are they going to continue work-from-home? Are we going to see a spike on that? Then you have the second thing, is the Pfizer vaccine, is that correct or was that just headlines that Pfizer have just released? Is there going to be any um, side effects to the likes of this? So we have all we've just heard now is good news, good news, good news at the minute. And then you have the other side of this, then the opposite side of that kind. Then you have the likes of travel, whether it is the likes of the TuIs of this world, whether it's the likes of the EasyJet, the Ryanairs of this world, or whether it's the Isle stocks of this world. That if the vaccine is correct, then we have all these stocks for pennies on the dollar at the present moment. And if we can get in on the likes of those at the correct time, now I'm not saying now is the correct time, but if it is, the upside on these is absolutely exponential if it is the correct time.
0: Well, and you haven't even touched on the crypto side with Bitcoin hitting the 15,000 mark.
1: Oh, look, but there's just been so much going on in the market at the minute. It's just, it's, just, it's a great time <laughs> to be a trader, a great time to be an investor, a great time to be, to be active in the market. Now for new people, this may blow your head and go, whoa, there's just so much going on. But if you take a, a backseat and look at trading logically, what do I expect to happen over the next six months? And if that's your if that's your goal, rather than looking at what's going to happen day to day, if you start looking at what's going to happen in the next six months, where will we be? We'll be on lockdown, will we be on holiday? Will we be, be moving around properly? Okay. And then if you aim for that six month time and that's how you invest at the present moment.
0: Yeah. So plenty of opportunities out there. It's all about doing your research and trying to pick the the
1: right ones. Yeah, absolutely. And then and sometimes, sometimes it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard with a blindfold on sometimes. And then sometimes things make absolute logical sense. And at the present moment, there's a lot of logical sense at the present moment.
0: Well, you can always learn more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinar, which is on uh, Etoro Trading School, which you can just find by just going onto Google and searching it.
1: When When's your next course, Henry? Uh, my next course is actually on Monday, which would be um, the twenty the twenty-third, I think is 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 the Monday. So it's Monday week. So it is the twenty-third and it's in part, three parts. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you have a couple of different ways. You can just literally email me on henrywa at eToro.com. You can jump onto the eToro platform and Henry Francis Ward um, or on Instagram henryward.fx or or whatever way are skype henry ward ltt um so it, it depends on whatever way you want to so you want to get you want to get <laughs> in next contact you're gonna be
0: with. giving your your home address <laughs> <laughs> having different options
1: <laughs> yeah but see the, the, the idea is that uh, I, I i get a requests on people so how do we how do we get in contact well that's <laughs> it, it that said, or type into Google the etoro trading school so there's you have loads of ways there to to get in contact with me and yes the courses are completely free for anyone who wants to jump in on board
0: Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. We hope you've all enjoyed listening. We'll chat to you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information,
1: visit eToro.com.